Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Pels fans, welcome to another episode of The Bird Calls, a podcast dedicated to SB Nation's TheBirdRights.com. Now today, we are talking Dante Cunningham with Editor-in-Chief Ali Cassell and his Kings guard, Kevin Berrios. What's up, fellas? Hey, Preston. How, How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm so good. We were just talking about all of our uh, foot and back injuries, so we're certainly not getting any younger. But man, I, I still feel in my heart like I'm a young man. But let's. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling beat down at the moment, but, uh, you know, a, another scumbag once told me you're only as old as the woman you feel. So, <laughs> What scumbag told you that? Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's that? What scumbag told you that? My old boss. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, as always, follow these kids at Red Hopeful and at Kevin B for Bounce. And you can find Ollie's latest write-up on DeMarcus Cousins' new Foot Locker commercial. Featuring a fellow bad boy, Nadamakan Sue. I hope I said that right. Kind of, kind of making fun of their image uh, a bit. Tell us your thoughts on this spot, Ollie. It's pretty funny. I love it. It's you know less than a minute long. They're walking through a parking garage, and along the way, they're just so engaged in their conversation, kind of you know giving off that persona where I don't give about the rest, care about the rest of the world. And you know, like three different things happen where cousins. You know, some lady drops her groceries right there in front of him, and he just basically walks all over her, past her. <laughs> then he cr- knocks the guy off his crutches. And what was the last thing? Oh, yeah. And then when they're getting in the elevator, they don't hold the door open for some uh, senior citizen trying to get out. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, everybody knows that Boogie's always, you know, at the mercy of the referees for whenever he opens his mouth. So th- th- it's kind of fun to see him actually making fun of himself, so to speak. And uh, just getting a good laugh out of it. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, now, but today's podcast is exclusively dedicated to to finding the missing puzzle piece to the Pelicans roster. And I'm, uh, of course, talking about that 15th position. Uh, all other 14 spots 
have been fully guaranteed at this point towards the 2017-18 cap. But uh, the Pelicans still have one very specific need, don't they, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Well, I think they have two specific needs, and Dante would fill both of them, which would be another three and another backup big. Yeah, but we've only got one spot. So uh, if if Alvin Gentry has has any wits about him, the Pelicans will, will never play a, a single minute of competitive basketball without one of either DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis on the floor unless due to injury foul trouble. Although we did see last season he would start out that second quarter uh, with a lot of lineups not featuring the two of them. I think he really wanted to, to, to get chemistry developing between them as quickly as possible. But what is the ideal specimen to pair next to these two big men in second and third units, Ollie? Well, I think it's undoubtedly the uh... – Hey, President, I've got to admit, my dog just distracted me, so we may have to start over. I totally okay. did not hear your question. I was going to guess, but then I'm like, I better not. That's so funny you say that, because every time oh. any noise takes place, I have an American Eskimo, and he, he every time he hears Kevin's voice, he thinks that I'm being brutally attacked, and he rushes over to the microphone and starts <laughs> panting into it. I'm sure you guys can't hear it, but it's something about Kevin, man. He He just brings dogs to life. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Listen, there was some thunder that just hit outside. So my dog is freaked to death by these storms and stuff. So he just jumped up and like literally jumped up on top of me. And I thought I could have sworn you were going to go to Kevin first. So I ignored the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what, Ollie, you know what, Ollie, sometimes you, you just make everybody around you feel safe. And that's that's why that dog is rushing over to you <sighs> with thunder all around you. Okay. I don't know, man. I, I feel so bad, Preston. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know what? It probably wasn't a very good question anyway. Let's start over. We'll take it to Kevin. You take a moment to to regroup, collect your thoughts. Kevin, uh, I, I was just talking to you about uh, the Dante Cunningham position, but you said that there are two specific holes that the Pelicans need to fill, but they've only got one spot available. So, so talk a bit more about what you meant when you said that, and could one player uh, feasibly fill both of those holes you were referring to? Well, yeah, that's what I was saying is, uh, I mean, I think Dante fills both of the holes because what we could use is extra body at the three because we can't count on Quincy Pondexter being available or even, you know, coming back to, to the level that he was at when he, when he was healthy right away. And then Darius Miller is still a huge question mark. I mean, um, so we need bodies at the three. Um, I mean, I, I assume the, the idea is to play more at the three a lot and uh, go smaller that way, which he can handle. But it would be nice to have another guy that's, you know, six eight that can fill that spot. And then Dante also can play the four. You know, he's that perfect tweener, uh, three four guy, and he has the offensive game to play both spots. You know, he can. Um, he's okay around the basket. He's amazing at the college, the college three. Um, and then, you know, he's now developed a three-point shot. So um, while his rebounding is not uh, ideal, uh, every, every everything else about him is solid. So, you know, he would fill both of those spots. So I don't really understand why we've gone this long uh, without bringing him back, especially as now it's looking more and more like uh, as the offseason goes on that he's a minimum contract guy, you know, I mean, if, it's crazy, you know, he opted out of $3 million and we thought there was no, you know, that he was going to get paid a whole lot more than that. And now he looks like he might have to take the minimum to stay in the NBA without going 
overseas for a year or so. Um, so that's, I mean, Dante is a guy that they just really need to bring in. Yeah, the free agency pool has really dried up quite quickly with a lot of uh, big-name NBA role players like Terrence Jones and Donatas Montiudis and Brandon Jennings taking their talents overseas. We're really seeing uh, a higher pilgrimage over there than than we have in, in most recent years. The names just continue to drop on Twitter. Uh, going back to Dante, the, the fit. The fit sounds perfect. You know, you've got this six foot eight guy with great length, uh, very physical, very active. He's been improving his three point shooting. But but let's talk about on court performance, Kevin. And I'm going to bring this to you, uh, one, because you did such a terrific write up on it last week. And two, because I don't trust Ali Cassell and all of his antics to answer this question. Uh, So Dante was a blazer, a bodcat, a timber wolf, a grizzly, kind of a journeyman. But he's kind of found a home and begun refining his skills in New Orleans. Talk about your summary of his 2017-18 season, and don't let Ali interrupt you. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, like I said, uh, you know, he's a guy that can play both positions. Initially, early on in the season, I didn't want to see him play much at the the four because um, I felt like this season, especially when we started off without Holiday and without Tyreek Evans, that it was going to be another year where we're probably going to miss the playoffs and we just need to develop and grow. So I wanted those minutes to go to check the aloe, um, you know, but uh, Dante proved that he's a, you know, valuable player. His numbers are questionable. Like if you just look at his numbers, you look at, think he's easily replaceable. I think he had like a 10, a little over 10 PER, you know, for his whole career, he's averaged between like six and eight points a game. His rebounding rate is, is quite low for a guy his size, which is troubling. Um, he has been really good on defense for at times, and he did waver over the last couple of years. But, you know, when the challenge is there, he rises to it often. Um, like that, that game against the Cavs where he really shut down LeBron James was an incredible performance. And I think he's capable of that on a regular basis if motivated and if the games count, you know, and – with the team that we put together now, all the games should count and everybody should be motivated. So I feel good about that. If you look at his like uh, his five man groupings, he's he's really makes a big difference. He's usually a net positive on most five man groupings that he's in. He's like a really good glue guy, known to be a good locker room guy. Um, you know, shoots forty percent from three. Um, right now, his usage is pretty low, which uh, was under understandable I guess but I would like to see it go up a little bit more even though we do have you know cousins and in AD that you obviously want to be the main focal points but you still want a guy that's willing to take an open jumper you know and uh sort of create that space you know if that 40 percent from three isn't a fluke you want to get him some more shots get him you know 12 12 to 15 shots a game most of them coming from threes or from uh baseline cuts to the basket which is another big strength of his last year. He was like really the only guy that was uh, cutting, um, which, you know, is going to be a big part of this offense. And he already showed uh, a propensity to excel in that. Um, So I'm pretty excited about that if he were to come back, which I hope he does. And then, you know, if he's in a lineup with AD and Cousins, then his rebounding deficiencies don't really matter because you know you're gonna have those two big guys gulping up most of the rebounds anyway and then with rondo at point he's another guy that rebounds so that also sort of offsets that issue um 
and I think big is should, big should be our identity. And because you know, I think I've said it in one of those pieces I wrote where I sort of championed bringing Cunningham back is like, you know, everybody talks about going small, these small lineups, but you know, when you put two mirrors facing each other, they just reflect each other. They don't expose any weaknesses. But if you do something different, then you can uh, then you can offset the other team's strength and make them play out of their game some, which I think Cunningham helps you to do. Ollie, Dante, uh, like we just discussed, improved his three-point shooting to 39% last year on the season average. Also, he was the third highest rated uh, defensive player the Pelicans had on a team that was ninth in the NBA. Talk about his overall improvement last year and why you would want him back. The perfect example of a low-usage, high-efficiency guy. And when you have so many stars now on a team, hey, it's kind of nice to say, isn't it? In fact, we got Cousins, AD, Holiday, and then Ronda's going to be playmaking. You need guys like Cunningham. As to where last year, that kind of hurt us, the fact that nobody wanted to step up. I think it's now more of the perfect than ever to have a lot of Cunningham types. And as Kevin said and touched on, his versatility, without a doubt, is vital to this team. Uh, the way I look at the Pelicans right now is they're basically a glut of guards and then two awesome big men. And so they're kind of limited. Uh, kind of just a little bit defensively now. If if say Solomon Hill struggles again, is, are we able to play him? You know, the 35 minutes or so that usually a good starter in this league sees. Um, if he hasn't, who's going to back him up? Um, we've talked about it before, Preston. I know you drilled us about it, Quincy Pondexter, Darius Miller. But until we see him on the court, I you know I don't have the faith there. So Cunningham is it. He's the next logical step, and yet he's still unsigned. So this is a really big deal. Um, the Pelicans need his services. Kevin said there's really no in between there. Once you drop off, or once you look behind the two big guys, you've got Sheik Diallo, rookie, who's very unproven on both ends of the floor. Uh, you can't play Ashik and Ajan. So I'm sorry. It just we've seen them try for the last two years. They just do not fit. Um, and with the league getting smaller and smaller, it's just more of a problem than it's ever become. So I, I, you know, I just don't see them contributing at all on any kind of consistent basis. So yeah, Cunningham's a very important piece. They've got to try and bring back. Uh, Ali, talk a bit about the Pelicans cap situation. I think the veteran player minimum at his age probably sits somewhere around uh, two or two point one million. What would the Pelicans need to do to to bring him back without overcoming the the luxury tax and hard cap? What kind of ramifications would signing Dante bring to us? Yeah, see, currently at this point, they can't even sign him to that veteran minimum because of what you just said. We are too close to the hard cap, as Bobby Marks uh, remarked. We're about one point five million away there less than a million away from the luxury tax. But again, that doesn't matter nearly as much as that hard cap ceiling. So you just can't go over it. So the Pelicans, without a doubt, have to move some salary, whether it's stretching and waving Ashik or uh, trading away Agenza or maybe even Quincy Pondexter. One of those three things have to happen, most likely, for uh, Cunningham to come back. I can't see any other trade, you know, the Pelicans coming up with. So, yeah, you got to look at those three guys. One of them has to leave the roster soon. Uh, now, there was a, a late-breaking report, Ali, maybe you can uh, tell us this, or Kevin, that Dante had been meeting with the Timberwolves. Is that correct? Uh, I, I, I kind of looked into that, and it seems like this is kind of a report based on something that was said. You know, I, I forget when it was. What was it about over a month ago now? It was like right around the start of free agency where Cunningham was supposedly linked to the Timberwolves, and we haven't heard anything since. 
And in digging at this tweet that Kevin pointed out, it seems like all it's based on is a Minnesota journalist's opinion that Cunningham remains in the fold because the uh, Timberwolves still need to fill three roster spots. So he remains in the fold as a possible free agent signing for them. It's no new news from what I see. No. Kevin, uh, let's talk about some other possibilities. Should, let's say, uh, that come to fruition and Dante leave New Orleans for Minnesota, there there are some intriguing prospects still available, like uh, a James McAdoo, a KJ McDaniels, um, Mike Dunleavy Jr., uh, Jared Sullinger, Brandon Bass. Uh, you know, that none, none of them provide the promise that Dante Cunningham uh, obviously brings at this point. But is is there a player still out there that you would uh, take as a consolation prize? And the problem with all of those guys that you mentioned is that all of them are basically one position. You know, like that's what makes Dante special and that's what makes him so important to the team is that he definitely can play both spots. You know, I mean, those guys in that that you mentioned that are nice, you know, that are intriguing, you know, I, I guess I think Ollie and I both have always sort of had like a soft spot for KJ McDaniels, the guy that I think we were both kind of interested in early on in his career he's a good defender he's never really proved you know an incredible athlete but he's never really proved to be a consistent offensive threat and to really be able to earn minutes in the league uh since but you know i would still you know be interested in seeing him uh but again you know he can play the he's more of a guard again so it's like he's more of a two three um guy which you know, doesn't solve our backup big problem. And then, you know, guys like Sullinger, you know, he's, you know, an intriguing guy, I guess. Uh, I worry about his weight coming down here uh, and his back issues because of that weight. But, um, you know, he and his, the thought process that he thinks he can be a stretch for is also troubling. But, you know, he's a big body that can fill in for a few minutes here and there while uh, Davis and Cousins rest. Um, other than that, I don't see that much on the market that's too exciting, um, unless you're talking trade markets. But, but yeah, free agency wise, you know, I mean, there's, there's really not that much out there. Uh, I would even, I know Ollie's against this, but I would have been even intrigued if you could get uh, Michael Beasley on a flyer because I feel like he could have played both, like, you know, Dante Cunningham could play the three and the four. Um, but I believe the Knicks picked him up recently or, or, or in negotiations with him. Yeah, I was, I was just going to bring that up. Um, Ali, let's talk about our two trade exceptions because Kevin was just bringing out the trade market and that seems to be the easiest way uh, of taking a player off another team's hands. But, but should the Pelicans not utilize those trade exceptions? What roles do they play going forward? Can the Pelicans just do away with them and just uh, accumulate that cap space back to be able to use on someone like Dante Cunningham? No, the trade exception, all that is, is it's at, you, you get one after you make an uneven trade in the NBA. And then um, they, they're good for up to one year. And so with Buddy Hill's $3.6 million, his is going to be good till about this upcoming trade deadline. And that's the one I'm looking at more than the other one that we got for Tim Frazier. Because let's face it, that $2 million trade exception, that's pretty much just a veteran minimum type of uh, trade that could happen anyway. So it's probably not a guy you want to kind of trade for <laughs> if you're the Pelicans who are seeking help, if that may so be the case. No, these trade exceptions, I don't think really matter just because of how close we are already to the um, salary cap ceiling and the uh, hard cap, so to speak. 
Um, you know, it, it's just non-factors. They're basically going to have to remove um, salary before they can do anything. The trade exception, all that means, Preston, it's, first of all, it's not counted on our salary cap sheet. So we can just go ahead and let it dissolve. It's not like we have to renounce it or anything like that to create some space. No, that's not how that works. Um, the thing is, though, like we've been all talking about, we this team needs more help. So how can they do it? They have to just free up salary. Um, in other instances, this trade exception would have been great. Like there's a lot of players that can meet that 3.6 million. And uh, the guy I was always favoring was Will Barton over in Denver, uh, especially last year when they still had Danilo Gallinari. The guy was just an odd man out with Wilson Chandler over there. But now probably not as much since, of course, Gallinari's moved on to Clippers. But yet that option would be great to have if they just had just a little more space, you know, but the fact they don't, I just don't think these trade exceptions are going to get used. So it's not, you know, it's kind of a non-factor. Now, obviously we don't need any more centers, but uh, Kevin, is it conceivable that you might take a player who uh, goes a bit more towards the four or five and ask them to play with Anthony Davis and ask Anthony to play some three? Yeah. I mean, I could see that even like, you know, back in the, in the Monty Williams era, I, I even thought that there were times where we could have played um, like a Ryan Anderson, Omar Ashik, and Anthony Davis line up for a little bit of a stretch just to be really big and still stretch the floor and have AD cover the the athletic three, you know, because I, I mean, I think he's capable of doing that. But um, so, I mean, I think that is something that could happen. I don't think it's necessarily what they would want to do for long stretches, but, you know, I mean, AD can stretch the floor. He's not a proven three-point shooter yet, but, you know, all the way out to 22 feet, which is good enough of an ability to stretch the floor. Um, he, won't, he won't hurt you playing the three offensively and de- defensively. He should be fine as well. Ali, we have this predicament right now where where we're filled with centers who can't actually uh, see any floor time for us right now. I'm I'm not sure what Omar Ashik is going through right now, but the illness that he was suffering since last February and his trip to Mexico seems to still be ailing him uh, six months later. Uh, Alexis Agensa can't seem to get more than five, 10 minutes per game. And a lot of games didn't play at all due to Gentry's decision. So while we do have a roster full of centers, none of them can actually play for us. Is is there a scenario you see where where we do add somebody like that and uh, I don't know pair him alongside Check Diallo? How much do you anticipate Check Diallo playing this season? Well, right now I expect him to play because we don't have Cunningham yet. We haven't signed anybody else yet, so I think we kind of have to think that he's going to be filling in some backup center minutes when both Cousins and Davis are off the floor. Um, I guess they could throw a gents out there, but. I don't know. Have you guys been following his account at all on Twitter? It seems like for the last two months or so, he he and his wife both seem to always like whenever he's linked to some kind of trade rumor to another team. This guy wants to get out of New Orleans, and I'm sure the coaching staff feels the same vibe. So I don't know whether they can trust him now, even moving forward to give him minutes. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but no. It's it's looking pretty pretty scary because uh, Diallo may be thrust into that third kind of third center role for the team um and if so it, it's going to be an experiment uh it may force Dell Demps to go ahead and make a trade trade and give up an asset but uh, now I'm beginning to think that we may just not even sign anybody um we're getting you know closer to the end of August when we have to either if we're going to stretch Ashik, it has to happen before the end of this month and if it doesn't happen by then I think he's here on the roster to stay 
until at least uh, come the trade deadline when they're probably going to try and move him again. So long way, long story short, yeah, it, it's scary. Diallo's probably going to see minutes. Uh, they're going to definitely try Solomon Hill, Darius Miller at the 4-2. Um, I don't know. That, that's where the biggest weakness is going to be on this team, I think. They're, they're, they're bigger, guarding the bigger wings in this league. Um, you know, if Draymond Green is out there with, um, say, Kevin Durant and uh, Andre Iguodala, who, who's going to pick up Iguodala or Durant? Because I'm not sure if Cousins and Davis can go ahead and guard their death lineup well. Uh, that, that's what everybody's been talking about. If they can do that, and that's what uh, Phil Weber recently posed in his interview, was if they can guard those guys, our two big men, that is Cousins and Davis, and they're going to be fine. But if not, who's going to who's that who's going to handle it? And if we don't have Cunningham, it's really up in the air. So yeah, it's a scary thought, Preston. Kevin, we're about a month away from training camp at this point, and let's let's say Cunningham uh, flies the coop, goes to Minnesota. Who knows? Everybody seems to be going to China these days. Uh, it would be a, a pretty intense battle in training camp uh, for that 15th position, knowing that it's going to come in all likelihood along with minutes. Do you do you have a candidate? Uh, I don't know if James Young has officially gotten an invite, but a, as of right now, we have Charles Cook and uh, Jalen Jones as our two two way contract players. Uh, Kevin, take this one. Would you be intrigued at a at a battle for that position taking place in training camp, or would you rather uh, Dell Demps just sew it up as soon as possible? I mean, I'd much rather have it sewn up at this point. I mean, we're past the point of being a team that's uh, building for the future. We're building for now. You know, we don't have the luxury of uh, having prospects battle it out. You know, we have to have guys that are proven and ready to play and then develop our other guys, you know, in practice, in in uh, victory cigar moments and in the G League. You know, we need to have real NBA players on on the court winning positions right now. Speaking of guys who are proven and ready to play, let's transition over to uh, some of the quotes we've gotten from DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis this week. I don't know if you guys were privy to this information, but according to both Alvin Gentry, Boogie Cousins, and uh, Anthony Davis, so all three of them in separate interviews, all of them talked about how much fun Boogie and Anthony Davis have had working out together this summer. Ali, how promising is it to have two top 20 players, maybe top 15 players, who, although going into DeMarcus Cousins' final uh, contracted year, are not only very promising uh, top-of-their-game type level players, but also enjoy being around each other so much? It means everything, Preston, because it's definitely a superstar-driven league. When you can only have five positions out on the court at the same time, having two guys that are considered top 20 or whatever you want to call them, on the floor at the same time, that's a huge advantage. It's going to make the players around them better, uh, not have to struggle as much to get theirs because so much of the focus is going to be on Davis and Cousins. And the fact that they are good friends, that they have been hanging out. I mean, ever since Cousins got here, I don't know how much time they've even spent spent apart because we saw them during Mardi Gras sitting on top of floats. Um, I heard that uh, Davis went helping Cousins go house hunting, um, all sorts of things. So, yeah, it's wonderful that they're together because, you know, that's another side of the basketball or it's going to help them on the court is the fact that they know each other so well. For instance, just making eye contact where maybe one of them spins to the rim and catches a sudden alley-oop, stuff like that. Uh, that's what we see out of the Golden State. All the teams that have been together, the personnel that have been together for several years or so, they have this innate ability to get either easy baskets or know what the other one's thinking. Um, the fact that we've got Cousins and Davis, although they've only played like, what, not even 20 games together, 
I think that they probably, you know, sped that timeline up as to where it, it might be synonymous for, you know, being together for like the last three years. And uh, the considering they're going to be the ones touching the ball on, on most of the possessions, that's nothing but a great thing. Um, you know, I'm, that's why I'm so high on this team. I, I just don't understand. I see a lot more, I don't know, it's not very tangible evidence at the time or at this time that I can see outside of, you know, some kind of historical precedence. But there's a lot behind the scene, just intangibles that this team seems to have. And it does start with Davis and Boogie. Kevin, when you look yeah. around, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, what I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, you just look at what's going on in Cleveland. You know, the two stars there, obviously, there's some sort of personal issue between those two. Um, so that these two are so friendly and so into playing with each other, it's refreshing and exciting. And also, like, Ali and I went to the All-Star. You know, we had uh, we had passes for the entire All-Star weekend, and we were sitting there you know, before any even rumors of the trade were breaking and we were watching them warm up for the, uh, for the skills challenge. And they were like wrestling with each other, playing around. They were like, they seemed like best friends on the court before. I don't, I don't know how much they knew that talks were happening, but they seemed to be, uh, you know, like best friends out there on the court. And Ollie was remarking about that then. And then, you know, of course the next day, then all those started, uh, you know, the trade speculation started and then the trade ended up happening. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see that they're that they get along really well and that they enjoy playing with each other. That's what you want. Ali, we're about a month out from training camp now and uh, the Western Conference is loading up that everybody's talking about. But but there is a window here for the Pelicans. While you've got teams that are returning like the Spurs and the Warriors, who are obviously going to come out of the gate strong. You've also got a lot of teams that have seen a a, a shift uh, in their roster, like the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler, OKC with Paul George, the Clippers, the Suns, the Rockets. All these guys have have brought in big-name players that are going to change the dynamic of what these teams do. And the Pelicans have a window here where they can come out strong early on and get ahead of some of these guys. How important is this month leading up to training camp? And have you heard any whispers about um, – practices taking place with new additions like Ian Clark and Rajon Rondo, or is everybody just kind of doing their own thing at this point? Yeah, that's a good question. I have not heard about the recent new signees of how much time they're spending with the rest of the core guys from last year. Cause I know all those guys are, have been hanging out a lot together. That's where Ian Clark and Rajon Rondo. No, I'm not sure. Um, well, I think that would be nice to hear. I don't think that means everything. I think the fact that just having a healthy training camp with a lot of bodies is the biggest key. So although this next month is still important individually for the players, from a team standpoint, I don't think it matters much. Um, The biggest key is going to be Rondo. He's going to be the the new big decision maker on the team and how he gets to, uh, I guess, integrate himself alongside such high usage players while also keeping Drew Holiday in the mix. That's going to be the biggest key. But again, this guy is so smart. I'm not too worried. Uh, These guys are going to have, what, four to five weeks um, between training camp and preseason and playing five preseason games, they're going to get enough under their belt um, to where they'll be ready for the regular season. Again, the biggest thing is coming out of this healthy. Uh, We just recently heard the news about Ben McLemore breaking his foot, and he's going to be out for probably around three months. And that's kind of a big deal considering they've lost Vince Carter. I I don't know where Tony Allen stands, whether he's going to resign with them yet or not. But they kind of had big plans for him, and people were already down on the Grizzlies. So that's kind of a huge step back for them. And that is something the Pelicans have got to avoid. 
uh, what have we seen these last two seasons? The, the start of the seasons, I should say. Uh, it's like a combined record of what? Two wins and 23 losses or something going back the last two seasons. Yeah, just got to avoid that. I think that's the biggest thing. Stay healthy. And when the games start to matter, everybody's there on the same page. And, you know, maybe get off to a, a good start. Kevin, uh, Boogie came out with some quotes when he was in South Africa this past week, uh, just about the the general shape that he's in. Uh, he was quoted as saying, just being able to move easier uh, was the big effect of his weight loss, less stress in your joints, your knees, your feet. But he also uh, felt a little bad about how much weight that he let accumulate to himself as last season wore on. He gained more and more weight. I think he ended up the season somewhere around 300 pounds. And he's quoting as himself as saying, we're not going to be a walk it up, play slow team. We're going to be a team that continues to run an attack. The better shape that I'm in, the better shape I'm going to be able to, to help us out. How important is it that he stays in this shape throughout the entire season, Kevin? And how, how much do players regularly exercise during a season when their bodies are just taking such a horrific toll on a night-in, night-out basis? Well, I mean, it's obviously very important for the stay in shape. Um, but, I mean, playing basketball that many times a day, I think, you know, we'll keep him in pretty good shape. I mean, obviously he tailed off last year and he tailed off in the past. But last year he was suffering from – an Achilles injury, correct? Right. So like, I don't know how much that affected him. Plus like, you know, moving and getting situated and all those things, having to deal with transitioning to a new city, finding a place to live, all of those things keep you out of the gym, especially if you're also injured and you're trying to rehabilitate and save energy and save wear and tear for game time. Um, That's, you know, understandable, but if he's able to stay in peak form, obviously that's, ideal um but even if we play fast you know i don't really ever see boogie being the first guy down the court you know i mean i could see him being the guy that gets the rebound is pushing the ball everybody's running ahead of him he just plays as point guard getting it up the court or you know he's trailing behind and then you hit him for you know a trailing a trailing three-point shot or something like that so i don't think you know we're going to see him flying up and down the court like we see anthony davis do sometimes um so it's not so crucial that he's like crazy athletic because that's not what we're asking out of him really or expecting from him. But um, as far as how much they exercise during the course of the season, I, I mean, I don't have an answer to that. I'm not, I don't really know how that goes, but I mean, I would assume you're practicing, you're playing games every day, you're working out and stuff too. So I would say it's, you know, probably a pretty high, pretty high level. Let me phrase it this way for for Ali. Ali, what do you think the likelihood is that DeMarcus Cousins stays in the shape that he's in right now throughout the course of the season? I think it's pretty good. Um, he's not going to hopefully quit on the season. He's not going to have a coaching change or some player leave the team or something bad happen. Like it seems to have happened every year over in Sacramento for him. Um, I, I, I think this guy's going to keep. You know, his head on straight, he, he's now hit an age where he's matured. He's been in the league going in his eighth year now. So, no, I, I don't have any doubt, actually, that Cousins going to be able to make it through kind of, you know, maintaining his weight, not letting it become a problem to where it affects his game. And I just wanted to add also to Kevin's point. I think there's a big misconception out there that you see often when it comes to talking about pace and the fact that Cousins isn't built like a deer. 
I don't think the Pelicans have any kind of illusion that Cousins can play like Davis. No, when they're talking fast, they're only talking about how they want the ball to move, how they want certain players that can run to get up the floor first. Those that can't make for, for perfect trailers, and especially with Cousins' uh, passing ability. Um, I don't know why it has to be one or the other. I don't know why it can't be the best of both worlds. They have two bigs and a lot of three um, – they're going to play a lot of three-man guards. So what I'm expecting to see is a lot of movement with these guys, half of the roster at times, you know, pushing that pace. But Cousins isn't going to be asked to do the same stuff. You don't want, first of all, five guys filling the lane anyway. You want spacing on the floor at all times. And that even includes in transition. So, again, it, it just has been bothering me lately. When either the people that are anti-running Pelicans, they're just screaming, what are they saying? We're not the Golden State Warriors. We're not built like them. Why are they trying to push the ball? Um, it just kind of makes me mad because that's not, that's not what they're going to do at all. You know, that, that's not the game plan at all. It's just to go ahead and push the, with purpose, and those are the guys that can will. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Uh, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, last question for you, sir. Uh, so Anthony Davis just had his skills basketball camp with uh, students or, or young people ages 7 to 15 in the area. But what I don't think he expected was to be grilled as to uh, trade rumors by these kids. Kevin, what is the likelihood that these 7 to 15-year-old children were hired by Boston Celtics fans? <laughs> uh, it's pretty high, but I think they all uh, are doing internships for the ringer right now. Ali, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of these kids' questions were, were pretty fascinating. They asked Anthony Davis not only uh, about if he had heard about uh, his trade uh, rumors to Boston, but they also asked him if he was happy in New Orleans. Uh, where do these kids come up with these questions, Ali? And, and, and don't you think that strikes like a weird emotional uh, nerve that these kids would be asking if someone is happy or not? Yeah, I found that amusing because, you know, my generation, we were shy. We never asked adults anything like that. I feel like it's this generation, last generation or two, they just have no fear. They're so adult-like because uh, all this technology that they have available to them and they're always, whether they're FaceTiming or whatever, it, it, it's like they've been pushing into this new age and it's kind of made them grow up. But honestly, the other other thing, Preston, that we got to say here is I bet you they've got a lot of astute parents who wanted kind of the inside scoop or they or these kids just overheard their parents talking about it, whatever case may be, they kind of maybe got it from somebody else. So they're just kind of, you know, <laughs> doing somebody else's work. Just like you, you get a kid at a ball game to go ahead and try and get an autograph because let's face it, the 45-year-old man's not going to likely get that autograph ahead of a bunch of kids. So maybe it might be something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Those terrible parents living vicariously through their children. Come on, Timmy, ask him if he's going to go to Phoenix. Oh my gosh, those poor kids. Exactly. Uh, thank you guys so much again for your time. Again, you guys can follow Ollie at Red Hopeful, Kevin at Kevin B for Bounce. Uh, if you go over to thebirdrights.com right now, you can check out Ollie's latest articles again on the Foot Locker commercial that Demarcus Cousins just came out with. Also, some uh, SB Nation mock expansion draft stuff. Make sure you guys head over and check that out. Ali, tell our listeners what we have coming up this week. Yeah, it's funny. Every time I say something to you, it kind of doesn't happen, does it? <laughs> I mentioned the, <laughs> I mentioned the DeMarcus the Cousins interview, right? We kind of yeah. talked about that and how I was going to get a Darius Miller scouting report done. Well, I'm still working on that. 
I'm still working on that historical research on the Pelicans with, you know, whether it's two all-stars, two all-NBA players, stuff like that. So things always get pushed back. So let's just say, just stay tuned. We're not going to set any expectations anymore. Okay, hey, Ollie, if you're if if what you if what you say doesn't come true, why don't you write a piece about Dante signing with Minnesota? <laughs> That's true, huh? <laughs> That's true. All right, you guys, thank you so much for your time. Again, listeners, thank you guys so much. Uh, we had a great month last month as far as downloads go, so let's keep it going. Spread the word, retweet. We appreciate all your support, and we'll come back to you guys soon. Let's go, pals. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12th handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson.